What's up, everybody? Welcome to Inside the H Podcast, where we are Houston everything all the time. My name is Ike Cuellar. I'm on Twitter, at Ike Cuellar. I'm here with my partner in crime, Christopher Paul. What's going on, brother? How's it going, man? Happy Wednesday. We're almost to the weekend, two more days. Uh, long work week for both of us, you know? uh, but we're almost That's there. Right. we got a lot of sports to talk about, uh, so I'm going to let you start with it, man. Yeah, man, let's get into it. Um, let's start with the Houston Rockets. Um, the season is finally over because we made it. Uh, we've survived this long, dreadful season that um, we just witnessed, man. And it was um, it was one of the worst seasons, you know, to say the least, uh, for us fans to experience, and you know, definitely for the organization to go through. Um, but we did it. We survived. Um, we fired our head coach, uh, Steven Silas. And, you know, it happened basically the day of the last regular season game. Um, it, it was crazy because, like, it, it almost seems like he was fired while the game was going on, like in the fourth quarter, the news had already came out. I mean, there was reports already that came out probably a week prior to that, that, you know, was saying that he was going, you know, to get fired and to let go. But um, so we all expected that. We knew that going into, you know, this game, that this was his, probably his last uh, game as a head coach of the Houston Rockets. But, um, you know, I, ultimately this was something that needed to be done. And I know it was kind of messed up the way it happened because they didn't waste no time, you know, ripping the Band-Aid off all, you know, as soon as the game was over. But like I said, it, it needed to be done. And now we can look forward to – our search for our next head coach. And, you know, there's been a lot of names uh, that are being out there rumored um, for us looking into um, some of these coaches with, with a lot of experience, because I think we're, we're beyond the point of, of looking at guys that were assistant coaches and, you know, that, that they've never been a head coach before. I think we want to hire a guy that has experience, that has, you know, a good resume in the NBA um, from anywhere from championship to playoff experience. They can, you know, get um, can get this team moving in the right direction, and you know, ultimately. Um, just a coach that that can that can have the players buy into whatever you know vision he has for the team. Uh, I want to get your thoughts uh, on you know the way everything happened, Kush, and and uh, what do you think would be you know the best option for the Houston Rockets um, search for a head coach? Yeah, uh, as far as like the way. The Silas firing happened like 
they didn't even wait till like five minutes after the game, bro. Like five minutes after the game was done, it came out that like, you know, they had a quote unquote, it came to a mutual decision that he was probably going to get fired the next day or whatever. Instantly. And, yeah, instantly. Yeah. And I mean, we, we kind of knew this was going to happen the entire season, but you never expect it to happen that quickly. Um, but you know what? It might be a good thing because now they have a head start on the head coaching search. Uh, and speaking of that, the Bulls and the Raptors played in the play-in game today. Uh, everyone knows Raptors coach Nick Nurse has been like a huge uh, talking point slash candidate for the Rockets coaching uh, search. So he's officially uh, on the market now. So we'll see, you know, how the – that goes with interviewing him and the interview process and all that stuff. I'm I'm honestly excited for it. Uh, he's to me he's my number one candidate that I want. Um, I we, I've heard Sam Cassell mentioned too. Obviously, former Rocket legend. Um, he he'd probably be a the fan favorite if he's hired. Um, he's been in, around the league. You know, he's played for a long time. He's coached for a long time. And so if they go that route, I, you know, I wouldn't be opposed to that either. And then the third name I've heard is Ime Udoka, who we know has had, uh, let's say, controversy around him since last year. Oh, yeah. Uh, you know, with the Celtics and all that stuff, everybody knows what went on over there. So, um, you know, we'll kind of see which direction they go. Uh, but, yeah, the, the Steven Silas firing thing was – it was quick and, you know, to me, I didn't really have a problem with how quick it was because we kind of knew it was coming the entire season. And if you're like, if you're the Rockets and you want a head start with all this stuff, then like, there's no need to drag out the Steven Silas firing process, in my opinion, because like you already know he's not going to be your head coach next year. So, and I think, as a Houston sports fan, if you compare it to the Lovey Smith situation, it's kind of like, you know, the, the Texans fucked around with that. And, you know, they waited um, uh, maybe a game or two too long, and now they're picking not number one. So, you know, it's it's kind of like I'm glad they made the decision to do it right after the game because, you know, they know they're not going to bring him back. So they did it right after the game. They got it, you know, they got it over with, and now they're on the first step of trying to, you know, find that new head coach. Yeah, I agree with that. I mean, it's something that needed to be done, you know, ASAP, and, you know, why drag it out? You know, why waste time? But at the same time, you know, when you work for an organization, you know, why not wait to the next day at least, bro? Like, the, the, have a meeting real early the next day and just talk about it there. And then if whatever you need to do there, do it. But it was, you know, in, in, in my opinion, it didn't look all that good, man, the way it was done. Like, for example, like Lobby Smith, uh, when we fired him, when the Texans fired him, that was more than expected because he won the last game and he basically cost the franchise the number one pick. So that was, you know, expected um, 
for the Texans to do it on the same day. And, you know, you can argue back and forth um, that they would do it again if something like that. Any franchise would probably do that again if a coach was to, you know, cost the organization the number one pick. But, you know, sometimes, man, just wait till the next day, man. Just be, you know, civil about it. And cause it looks kind of ugly, you know, and – and some people's like, and the way some people view it, but you know, it is what it is to happen. Um, I guess that gives a jump start to our, you know, our head coach search that we have, we're going to have going on here. And like you said, the Raptors lost to the Bulls in the playing game tonight. And, you know, now we have, we're going to see what the Raptors decide to do with Nick Nurse, are going to move on from him or will they retain him as a head coach? Um, very excited to see, you know, what happens here the next couple of weeks, you know, for the Houston Rockets and, and who they hire as their head coach. Um, also looking forward to the lottery, man. Um, I believe that's, uh, I think May 16th. May 16th, right? It's a Something Tuesday. Like it's a Tuesday, yeah. So everybody, all, all my Houston Rocket fans, we already have that day uh, circled down in our calendars. Uh, that's going to be a huge day. And uh, I will be watching uh, that lottery very stressed out, stressed as fuck. I'm going to need a lot of drinks that day, just FYI, uh, to whoever's around me. <laughs> like I wouldn't need a lot of drinks that that would be stress. That's fuck. Um, but yeah, man, I I agree about you know Nick Nurse, and I think he will fit um, into our organization well. I mean, the ties are there. Um, you know, he coached the Vipers before, took them to a couple of championships. Um, the organization knows him. You know, really knows what he's about, what he can bring to a team um, just looking forward um, to the, the Rockets making that hire. I mean, hopefully it happens. If not, we, we still got other names like you mentioned that uh, we're looking into, but I would have to agree with you. Nick Nurse is number one on my list. Uh, if I could just have Nick Nurse, James Harden, and Wimby back, I'll be a happy camper. Let me just say that. And, you know, I was one of the guys that said no to Harden coming back uh, earlier. I remember that episode, bro. I remember remember it it was a whole rant. And, you know, but, you know, I got over it. I got over myself. And if anything, James Harden will make us better, you know, as a playmaker. And, you know, sometimes – you just got to forgive, man. You got to forgive. That's the healthiest thing in life uh, to move forward. And I think that with him on the team and some veterans and also uh, whoever we draft, it's going to bring us into a different tier of a team as far as wins and losses. So there's happier times ahead for all my Houston Rocket fans, man. Just know that. Uh, we've been waiting patiently. It's been a long three years, but, you know, we're here right now and 
there's a lot of happier times coming, man. Y'all just be patient. Yeah, and now I, I think this is like a huge this is a huge offseason for the Rockets. Like uh we said this about the Texans, but like for the Rockets this year is a big offseason free agency, uh, you know, J- James Harden stuff, um head coaching stuff, and just the growth of the young guys, right? Like um Jabari Smith Jr. didn't have a great rookie season, but like we all know what he can be. We all know he's gonna put in that work in the gym this offseason. Same thing with Jalen Green, same thing with uh KPJ and Alfred Sangoon, man. So I'm just excited to see what we do in free agency. Hopefully, you know, see what, what we do in the trade market, who are new head coaches. And you know, once we figure all that stuff out, I think I think uh Rockets fans will be excited and ready to go for the start of next season. Yes, remember to pray for Victor. Uh, we can't forget that, man. We got to make sure and pray for Victor, pray for Wimby. Light your, light your uh, pray candles for Victor, man. Yeah, man, because that's that's going to be a huge day uh, for us, you know, the draft lottery uh, to see, you know, where, where we pick. And uh, we just got to keep praying and keep our fingers crossed, man, for that day. Um, but now let's let's move on uh, to the Houston Astros. Um, I'm gonna let you take over that, Kush. Um, I know we they just won um, their first series of the year, and uh, they've been uh, today. You know the bats were alive. So what do you what do you think about how the Houston Astros have been playing, man? Yeah, the Astros. We all know, you know. Um, they always get off to these slow starts like they did last week. You know, they started the season against the White Sox, didn't do too hot. You know, uh, one guy that um, I want to bring up is Alex Bregman. He started off pretty slow to begin the season. Today, he hit a three-run home run. Um, you know, so it looks like he's starting to get going a little bit. Uh, we've won our first season series uh, today against the Pittsburgh Pirates. Um, I want to shout out to Corey Jolks. Uh, hometown kid he's from friendswood he hit a, his first home run of his career today and so shout out to shout out to cory jokes man um uh he's you know he's playing pretty well he played pretty well today um the pitching has you know it's been okay but you know i think we we talked about this last last week in the last couple of weeks like they you know, Fram- Framber's our ace now, uh, so he's been playing pretty well. Um, but I think the pitching is it's going to be a work in progress. They're going to figure some stuff out with it. For the most part, they played pretty well. Uh, you know, Kristen Javier gave up a few home runs yesterday against the Pirates. Uh, we lost in a walk-off um, to the Pirates. So I think we're starting to see, like, um, the – the bats come alive a little bit from the start of the season, man. Cause from the start of the season, uh, it was, it wasn't looking good, man. We couldn't hit anything. We couldn't get anything going offensively. And so now we're starting to kind of see that in this last series. So hopefully they can build on that. And um, yeah, we'll see. We play the Texas Rangers this weekend. I will be at definitely Friday and Saturday's game. So if you guys are going to the game, let me know. Uh, hit my DMs on Twitter. You know, we'll meet up, have a drink, and all that good stuff. So, um, hopefully, we can get a sweep against the Rangers. You know, 
try to try to start start this thing going and um get some get a few W's on the board, man. Yeah, it's always a good time whenever we play the team from Southern Oklahoma. Um, you know, I I hate those fuckers, man. Like every Dallas team, uh, we could go on and on about, uh, especially the Mavericks. Don't get me started on the Mavericks. Um, <laughs> they've got some shit going on themselves lately, and and it's just glorious to to witness right now. But yeah, man, I think. It's so good to see Bregman, you know, be productive and, and get hot again because when he's hot, we're just a totally different team. And you see him getting confidence um, every time, you know, he's going up there. Um, every time he's going up there and, and you know, getting hit, getting home runs, um, make sure everybody y'all keep wearing – Y'all's lucky, um, Bregman socks, hats, jerseys, whatever y'all got out there. Make sure y'all rocking it, man, because we need uh, Bregman to kind of carry us through this time right now where we don't have, you know, all of our hitters. And, um, yeah, man, hopefully we can keep it going against um, the Texas Rangers um, here. And when this weekend gets started here, Kush, um you said you're going to Friday's game, Kush? Yeah, I'm, going, I'm definitely going Friday, Saturday. Don't know about Sunday yet, though. Okay, I, I so, feel like not, somehow. Now, Sunday's the Lord's Day, so, you know, I might have to stay home, you know, you know, pray to the Astros gods for a W on on uh, Sunday, you know. Uh, no, no foul activities on Sunday, you know, so, you know, we'll see. We'll see. You might see me there, you might not, you know, you just have to find out. Something tells me that's a lie, Coach. Something tells me you're going to end up Sunday at the juice box with, like, two margaritas in your hand. So it's I mean, just I mean, what I know. All, all I'm saying is we'll, we'll see what happens. You know, we'll see what happens. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> I'm going to be seeing the timeline of you all, you know, like, ready to go on Sunday with both of your margaritas. I can already see it as I'm talking right now, bro. But – um. Yeah, make sure that you guys uh, go to the games and say what's up. Um, say what's up to Kush, man, over there at, at the Budweiser Bar at Center Field. Um, I'm looking forward to going to more games, uh, probably the uh, next home series there too. So, uh, you know, for opening day, I got to see a lot of my friends there. Um, it was a great time. Yeah, man, we're looking forward to more dub from the from the Astros, you know, especially in the home games uh coming up here in the future, man. Gotta keep, you know, racking up these wins right now. Um while it's early in the season. We don't we don't want to get, you know, too too behind and, you know, keep taking unnecessary L's, man. And, you know, um it happens, you know, like last year, I believe we got started you know slow we started out slow but then we picked it back up so you know i believe in this team and we'll be right where we want to be um you know moving forward yeah last year last i think the last couple years we started 11 like 11 and 11 i think through 22 games so you know i'm not i I wouldn't say i'm worried uh we know it takes this team uh, a few games to get going you know the, you know, Tampa Bay Rays right now, they, they're they off to a 12-0 and start. You know, we are 
unfortunately, we're not one of those teams where we can just rattle off like 12 in a row to begin the season. Um, but, you know, I think we I think we as an organization have proved that we're a team that's going to it's about the marathon, not the sprint for us. Right. And so. Correct. Yeah. So. Um, uh, yeah, it's about the marathon, not the sprint. And. You know, Jordan Alvarez, you know, I think he is having a great, great season so far. He's my pick for a, uh, the. 2023 AL MVP. I think, I think honestly, you could either say, you know, some a lot of people are saying Tucker. I think Tucker's going to have a big season too. Al, Jordan Alvarez is just a different animal, man. He didn't play today, but, you know, they didn't miss a beat without, without him today. So yeah, I think hope, hopefully this weekend we look forward to him doing some big things. And then the last guy I want to talk about is Chaz McCormick, man. Chaz McCormick, ever since Dusty put him in the leadoff, role uh for for this offense like he's he's been balling out he knows that center field job is up for grabs he's been taking every opportunity to cement himself uh as the everyday center fielder and i think he should based on his play like the last week i think he should be and you know he's making amazing catches uh hitting home runs you know getting on base all the stuff so shout out to Chaz mccormick man he's He's really proven that he wants to be the the everyday center fielder for this team. Yeah, man, I agree, Kush, with everything you said. Uh, I want to touch on um, – I want to talk about uh, Jordan Alvarez and what you were saying there. The guy's just a GOAT, though. Like, he, he is – there was a home run he hit the other day where he just crushed the shit out the ball and – we're starting to see this, you know, more and more. He's becoming more consistent. Um, I think we all knew, like, coming into the season that he was going to, you know, stay on track like this and keep, you know, doing his thing. Uh, I always think about when how we got him from the Dodgers, bro, and I always see on Twitter when every time he does well, we bring up that tweet where it says, you know, we got him in a trade and we just troll the Dodgers. That's hilarious to me. That will always like, that will always be funny to me because I can't believe the Dodgers just basically gave him to us. You know what I'm saying? Cause. Yeah. Uh, that was one of the, that's one of the funniest memes. <laughs> Every time Jordan does something crazy, like, I love seeing that shit on the TL, man. Josh Fields is crazy. Even even now, just thinking about it's crazy. And you know, uh, speaking of Jordan Alvarez, like we like like you said, he just hits the shit out of the ball. Like, and it's not just home runs. It's he when guys are on base, he hits he hits it to like if it's not a home run, uh, it's like it's either a like a single a huge single or a double like. He's to me like he's becoming one of the best hitters, one of the most pure hitters in the entire MLB, man. Like, so you know, if he if he has another big season like he did last year, um, I think he can be MVP. Unless of course Aaron Judge just fucking hits like sixty plus home runs again, uh, which you know on he's not on pace to do that. But you know, we'll see, it's a log season. We'll see what happens. But yeah, man, like. Tucker keeps playing well, or Jordan keeps playing well. I think those two guys you could see 
um, battling it out for the AL MVP this year? I feel like Judge can do that. He can break, like, all these records. But once again, he's going to do all that shit just to lose to the Astros in the playoffs. That's going to be hilarious. And, you know, uh, when that shit happens again, because it will happen again, uh, <laughs> you know, dead taxes and the Astros uh, whooping sweeping on the Yankees. The, sweeping bro. the Yankees. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's man. Right. <laughs> so with that, let's move on to the Houston Texans, man. Draft time is coming up. We're about a little over two weeks before the NFL draft. Uh, it's getting exciting, Kush, because there's all these possibilities that are being thrown out there. Uh, there was news that came out that the Texans are not in lock, you know, to draft a quarterback at number two and saying that they're willing to go with a defensive player uh, with a Will Anderson or, you know, somebody else, you know, at number two there. Um, I want to get your thoughts on, on that possibility, you know, on them coming out and saying that. Um, what do you think a team would look like with what the Houston Texans would look like with Will Anderson, you know, at number two, and then moving forward with either, you know, Mills or, or Keenum as your quarterback, um, and then taking that approach and maybe getting a quarterback through free agency? Yeah, I mean. You know, it's getting closer and closer to draft time. You know, um, from the Texans' perspective, you don't you don't want it out there that you're only going to get a quarterback. You you want to put the message out there that you could like you're leaving all options available, right? Like, and I think we both of us have been talking about the quarterback for so long that like I think it's easy to forget that Will Anderson is one of the best like defensive players in this draft, man. Like he's a beast. Um, he has that Alabama connection with the D'Amico Ryan's and both of them are Alabama alums. So they have that connection going. D'Amico Ryan's is a defensive coach. So it's not out of the realm of possibility that you could see him being the number two pick. So I think like, if they do decide to go that route, I wouldn't be like upset. I wouldn't be like that mad at it. I would get it because Will Anderson's like a really, really good defensive player, man. So, and as far as the quarterback thing goes, I, I still want Stroud, but now with, you know, Carolina having the number one pick, um, you know, I don't know what's going to happen, man. To be like really a hundred percent honest with you, the whole quarterback thing—I don't know who, who Carolina is going to pick, and I think, I think once that number one pick goes off the board, then obviously we'll know more and and feel a lot better about you know who we are going to take with that number two pick. And as far as you know, if they decide to go Will Anderson number two with either Case Keenum and Davis Mills, you know, battling it out for the starter. I would be okay with that. For the only sole reason being that, you know, in the, in the, in D'Amico's system, 
uh, aka the you know 49er system slash Kyle Shanahan system. I'm not saying that it like he makes all quarterbacks look good, but you know the way they run that system, it's friendly to the quarterback, right? Strong running game. You know they're gonna have. Uh, we talked about the free agent acquisition about Dalton Schultz last week. They have that pass catching tight end, and so I would feel like I wouldn't. I'm not gonna you know shit on them if they decide to go that route, but. And the sole reason for that being because it's because they're running that system, right? And so, however, I still want like let me not let, let's not get it twisted. I still want them to get a quarterback at number two. I want C.J. Stroud or Bryce Young as my quarterback. How? But if they don't go that route, like I'm not going to be a hundred percent mad at it. Um, you know, like let, like let's say if they do decide to go Davis Mills, um. I'll give them five games, right? Beginning of the season, five games to see what he what he looks like in the system. Cause like we don't know what Davis Mills is gonna look like. We know he we know he has the arm. We know he has the talent to be a good quarterback in this league, but we've only seen him under Lovey Smith's system, right? So I like if we do decide to go that route, I wanna see him, I wanna see what he looks like on under D'Amico's uh, system first. And then I'll make a judgment to see, you know, is this the guy or not? Uh, however, all that being said, I still want to see yes right at number two. Yeah, man. Let me say, like, uh, Skip Bayless on Undisputed. Uh, it's my turn, okay? It's my turn, okay, when he's ready to cook. Uh, but I would have to disagree with you, Kush. Um, if they would not draft a quarterback, I would be – uh, really mad, you know, as a Texan fan, because you didn't suck all year and tank all year to not get your quarterback. And those two guys, I I don't want to say that they're going to be Hall of Fame quarterbacks because I definitely do think that they have potential and they're talented, but they're the two best guys in the draft, the two best prospects. So, depending on how your coach and the coaching staff works with them, they can turn into those guys. You know, it's all about fit, right? Like the system, the offense, um, how we mold these players that we draft. Um, because right now for Carolina, it's really out of CJ Shroud and Bryce Young. And, at first, everybody thought, okay, well, they're going to drive uh, C.J. Stroud. But now, you know, they're coming out saying Bryce Young is the best overall quarterback in the draft. And there's some truth behind it because of everything he did in college, you know, playing in the SEC, uh, playing a lot of big games. So I wouldn't rule Carolina, you know, rule out dra for them drafting Bryce Young. But – as a Texan fan, I would be really mad and upset if we did not draft a quarterback because we know that's that's really the way in the NFL to change your franchise, right, to get more wins, to win your division, to make the playoffs, to make noise that way um, with these young guys, these young studs at quarterbacks, um, 
because yeah, we can draft a, a defensive player number two and then build our team, you know, however we want after that. But CJ Stroud is special. I do put a lot of stock in the Georgia game that we talked about uh, numerous times on this podcast uh, where he played it very well. He, he was making all the right throws. The only thing is he lost to the best team that was, you know, Georgia, the, the team that won the national championship. So you can't knock them, man. He just he had a really good game against them. Um, so I, I put a lot of stock into that game. A lot of people say, why do you do that? You know, you shouldn't do that's only one game, but Georgia was a national champions for a reason, bro. Like, you know what I'm saying? They were a really good team. And for him to ball out the way that he did, it really shows that he's built for big moments. He's built for big games. He has what it takes, you know, to be a leader of a franchise, to be that quarterback that can take the team to the next level with his legs and his arm. Um, so I'm still all for drafting CJ at number two. And um, I mean, I've, I've said it since we started talking about draft stuff here on this podcast, Kush, uh, numerous times about CJ Stroud. I uh, really think that, that he's the best quarterback in this draft class. I know people will kill me for saying that, but that's just my personal uh, opinion. And um, really – at number 12, because of the things that have come out about, you know, the prospects and players, I really think we need to go with uh, B. John Robinson, the running back from Texas. I've heard a lot of things about this guy. It's going to be really special. He's going to be a really good running back. I mean, you see some of the highlights. I think he's an all-purpose running back. Uh, he can play three downs. He can catch the ball. He can do the short yardage stuff, running between the tackles and pick up yards that way. And imagine having him and Damian Pierce at the same time, bro. Like our running game is going to be so solid like that moving forward. And a, a good running game is a quarterback's best friend because you're taking off the pressure off that guy, you know, to make the big throws. Why? Why throw the ball in first? So why why do that? Why throw the ball on first down when you can just hand it off and pick up five or six yards and keep the clock moving? Uh, you know, time of possession is really big in the NFL to winning games. Um, really, like, protecting the football, you know, um, not having a lot of turnovers because your quarterback's gonna ha not going to have to be thrown that much when you have a, a running game that's really solid like that. I think those two guys in the backfield, you can really trust for them taking care of the football and picking up, you know, positive yardage um, on every play. I mean, we, we've seen what Damian Pierce can do, a really aggressive runner, um, and really productive, efficient running back when it comes down to, you know, just getting in there and moving the chains, bro, like getting that first down. 
You know, that's exactly what you want when you're drafting a quarterback, when you have a young guy back there to take the pressure off of him. Because you don't want a guy, you know, throwing the ball the entire game. Now, if the, if the game flow is different and you need to do that, then, you know, fuck it. Then that's what you got to do to win the game. But for the most part, a running game is always something that you're going to need to be a winning football team to, you know, getting confidence with running the football and, and and having that time of possession because on the other side, you might be playing a good quarterback to where you want to keep him off the field. And how do you do that? You run the ball. So I really think Bijan Robinson at number 12 makes a lot of sense for the Houston Texans because of the things that have been coming out. I mean, it's not just the things that have been coming out. You see the tape. You see the highlights. You see what he did last year at Texas and what kind of player this guy is. I think it's going to be very special. And I think that that's a move the Texans should really consider at 12. What are your thoughts on that, Kush? Yeah, I, I think you're 100% right about the running game. Like, And we heard D'Amico say this in his, in his introductory press conference. Like, We know that he wants to run this team as a run-first football team, right? So, And I think, I think that obviously makes sense with, with the free agent signing of Devin Singletary, right? Got another running back that you can put uh, – take pressure off Damian Pierce – um so like yeah they're gonna run they're going they're gonna run the football to help out whoever their quarterback is um as far as number 12 like you know i've talked about i i think i brought this up last week like if b john robinson is still there bro like i i want him um but you gotta but, take him man yeah, yeah he's he i think he's gonna be a special 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 player like you put him anywhere on the field, he like he's a playmaker. He's that type of guy. Uh, but then at the same time, like we like you need you need help at receiver, and so it's like, do you go best player available at number twelve, whoever it is, whether it's a pass rusher, whether it's a uh, you know Bijan Robinson, whether it's someone like uh, Jackson Smith and Jigba from Ohio State, uh, maybe another receiver. Um, you know, we'll see. We'll see what route they take, but like my num- my guy that I want uh, is Bijan Robinson, man. Because I think I think this guy is going to be really wherever he goes, he's going to be really special. Uh, like I said before, you you can stick him anywhere on the field. Stick him in the backfield. You can stick him in the slot. He's he's gonna be a playmaker in this league, and you know you need a guy like that to be a really productive offense in today's NFL. Um so yeah man I think he's good he he is my number one choice for that number one number 12 pick I'm sorry. Um Bijan Robinson is the the guy that I want because you know especially in D'Amico Ryan's offense like if like if we're thinking about who the quarterback's gonna be whether it's Stroud whether it's especially if it's Mills or Case Keenum, like you want a guy, you want a guy like that on offense that you can just 
you know, either hand the ball off to or, you know, quick pass it to. And he's he's going to make guys miss. He's going to make plays. He has a speed to take it all the way. Um, yeah, that that's a guy that you that's a guy that you want on your offense. Yeah, man, because when you think about it, the running back position, a great running back like that, when you add a guy like that to your team, he instantly makes your team better right away, right? Because he's one of the top running backs that's in the draft. So right away, he makes your team better because a lot of these other different positions, you got to have reps and experience and you got to learn the system with different plays that come along. You know, there's a lot of things that go into that to get better at the NFL level when it's a different position, like a wide receiver, tight end, you know, are you going to be zone blocking? Is it going to be man? Or if you're a receiver, what route are you running? How good is the, you know, the corner that's um, defending you man to man? So there's a lot of things that you're going to have to learn in the process for a running back. All you have to do is run the ball. If you're a good runner and you got a good offensive line like we're projected to have, I shouldn't say, I should say decent offensive line, you're instantly going to make the team better right away because all you do is just run, right? You're a running back. So you're just trying to pick up positive yards, follow your blockers, and there's not a lot of stuff to learn along the way besides, you know, the play like where you're going but he instantly makes your team better right away. That's one of the reasons why I think we should do that. And when you think about the 49ers last year, their depth chart and, you know, in terms of their running backs, they had, they had so many guys for running backs and they, they had a lot of injuries, you know, last year, but that's why you have a lot of running backs. That's why they did that. I mean, they had rookies, they had veterans, back there and you know the west coast offense like we're going to run in terms of like the zone blocking and the running game play action and things of that nature is so running back friendly because that's how um arian foster was able to do his thing he excelled in that and and i know arian foster was another he was a beast like he that was a different animal man like the way he was so smooth with it, and it looked effortless at times when he was on the field. But that's when you have the right player and you put him in that kind of system, it just it, it's friendly for the player to where they're able to pick a positive yardage like that in the, in a zone blocking um, offense play action like that. When you have a combination of that, I feel like the running back can excel in that, and B. John Robinson is our guy, you know. So, you know, I, I feel like I, I could talk about B. John Robinson for a long period of time, man, because I really want this guy as a Houston Texan. But um, um, for number twelve, we should definitely, you know, go that direction. Um, as far as you know, the Houston Texans. We're just waiting for, you know, draft night and see, you know, what happens with all the draft capital that we have. And 
We still need a wide receiver, like you said. So I think we'll either way, we're gonna get a wide receiver in the draft. I don't know if it will be 12 or later on in, in the first or second round, but that's another position that we need to address because we want our our young quarterback to have weapons. You know, whoever we draft that to, we want him to have a lot of weapons, as many uh, weapons as possible to just make him feel comfortable in there. But um, that's all I have uh, for the Houston Texans. Cause you got anything else to add? Oh uh, yeah, I just I want to add a few more things. Like, like you said, like a re- wide receiver is you know we can we can pro like if you can probably find one later, like in a second or third round. That like that's what the beauty of having so many picks this season is for the Texans. Like you can find guys in the later rounds if you think about like what the great general managers in the nfl do they draft well after the second round right they find guys in the third round they find guys in the fourth and fifth round we have picks in all those rounds so like i want texans fans to not focus too much on the first round picks like getting it right in the later rounds is very very important for this team and you know we'll see we'll see what they do in regards to that but you know, besides that, I think you know, we're ready to wrap it up. Like, me, like I think you can see, you can hear in both of our voices, we're very, very excited for the Texans draft, man. Um, very looking forward to who who we get. So, I uh, just want to add that you know, as far as a draft lottery for the Houston Rockets, uh, we have some special stuff planned for you guys in the month of May. So, just stay tuned for that. I don't know if you want to add any more to that. Well, I, I just want to say, you know, it, for the Houston Rockets and the Houston Texans, um, we're transitioning to the next level of rebuilding. I feel like it's similar spots for the organizations because uh, we're getting – both teams are getting uh, new coaches. I mean, the Texans already have – D'Amico Ryan's the best candidate that was out there for head coaches, former Texan, uh, which is really exciting. The Rockets are going to get an, uh, another coach. Um, you know, we're both going to be impacted by this draft. We're looking to get better from this draft. So there's a, a lot of things to be exciting as a Houston fan, um, you know, that's – that's. Um, in the, in our near future here. So it's a very exciting time for us, uh, definitely for our podcast, because um, we're looking forward to our teams being back into the playoffs. We don't know if that's going to happen right away, but with all these changes that are happening to both teams, um, we're just really excited about, man. And because, like, before – when I started watching sports, those were my two, you know, teams that I watch all the time were the Rockets and the Texans. So as a fan, um, I'm looking forward to the Houston Texans, you know, winning the division, right? Beating Tennessee, beating the Colts, beating Jacksonville and making it to the playoffs, man. The last time we were doing that with Matt Schaub, Andre Johnson, Arian Foster, it was, you know, such a great time. I have a lot of good memories because of that. And the Houston Rockets, I mean, I think you guys already know when we had 
James Harden, and we were making the playoffs every year. It was such an exciting time for the city, you know, the organization, the diehard Rocket fans, man. So hopefully we're moving towards that way um, this offseason. But um, these are two of the more important offseasons for these teams. So, you know, really excited about that. And um, just I, I can't wait for both drafts to come here and and really – really determine like where we make you know our next moves and who do we get as as you know added to our team but with all that being said man make sure you guys are subscribed to our podcast wherever you get your podcast uh make sure you guys follow us on twitter at inside the h pod uh my name is iquayar i'm on twitter at iquayar uh kush let them know where they can find you at man you guys know where to find me on Twitter at Christopher Paul. Um, you know, like you said, we're very, very excited for both drafts. Could be, you know, franchise defining slash franchise changing moments this summer slash, you know, this fall. So very excited to share, very excited to bring that content to you guys. Um, you guys can subscribe to our YouTube channel. We have a YouTube channel. Uh, you guys can Listen to us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Facts, man. Thank y'all for listening, man. Until next time.